Hey, hey, this is Takara, and you are listening to A Letter to My Sister podcast. You are in the right place if you are raised to be a strong, independent woman who didn't have to depend on anybody for anything, but then you realize there were some lessons that you didn't quite get as you were going along the way. We often go through life the best way that we know how, and we don't even realize that there's a better way. So in here, there will be some raw and real conversations surrounding life lessons about the things that we wish that we had known, maybe about self, love, money, and even our careers. So if you're new here, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, and I would love for you to leave a rating and review as well. So now that we've got all that out the way, let's chat, sis. Hey sis, today we are talking about all things self, and that is embracing your unique and authentic self. One of the things that I wish that was talked about more was this journey of self-worth and how it can wax and wane, just kind of depending on our life circumstances. And sometimes we tend to tie our self-worth into our accolades and our accomplishments and remember that life formula that I talked about before, going to school, making the good grades, getting a good job, but your self-worth is so much more than that. You are so much more than that. So listen to me as I talk to my fellow Detroiter, my homegirl Darnice, as we get into this conversation. Listen up. Darnice, thank you so much for coming by A Letter to My Sister podcast. I'm so excited to have you here today. When helping women build their confidence and discover and rediscover their identity, how would you define self-worth? So I define self-worth as uh, knowing um, your value and being committed to that value. And especially in the face of those people who try to discount that value because like it's really important to stand in you know knowing your worth and value because it's, it's kind of like a a jeweler having a, a diamond that's a million dollar diamond and someone wanting to come up and buy that diamond for five hundred thousand instead of one million like if the jeweler knows the value is the, of that diamond is one million he's not going to sell it for less than what it's worth and so us as women we just have to stand in our ground and knowing that and not allowing people to discount our value and our worth. That's good. So that goes back to like core values. And I remember even seeing this float around on social media for a while, how you never really see anybody advertising for like the more, I call them the super luxury brands, like a a Bentley, a Rolls Royce, like you don't see commercials for them, but people certainly know that they exist and they know that they're of high value and you certainly would not treat those like you would like a Corolla. Exactly. Or or something like that. Like, I wish you would do something like that. Right. So that's really good about the self-worth piece and really knowing your value. Because I feel like once you know your value also there are certain things that you just don't accept and it's just not okay. Exactly. You put those boundaries up and it's like, no, I'm not going to allow X, Y, and Z to take place because 
I'm better than that. And I know that I'm not going to stand for anything less than what I'm worth. That is good. So as you have experienced life, did you notice any ebbs and flows in your self-worth? Oh, definitely. So growing up, like as a, as a little girl, I was always pretty much a confident little girl. But as you go through life, of course, life happens. You go to high school, middle school, all those different things, and you get to experience other people and their, I guess, how they project things on you or just life happening, period. So I would say as I got in high school, my self-worth went down a little bit, but not too much. But the main area that I would say, um, I went through a divorce and that was like the time that it kind of went went downhill from there. It was like, okay, who am I and what's going on here? So basically after the, after the divorce, you know, not, I had like this picture perfect life on the outside and everything in a matter of weeks kind of came crashing down. And that really makes you kind of question like, who am I? What's going on? All of those different things. And so I had to really dig deep and, separate my value from a title, being somebody's wife or whatever, and really hone in on knowing and understanding that my value was already determined when God created me. It wasn't determined when X, Y, and Z proposed or when when we stayed together or whatever. It was determined by God when he created me and, you know, really standing in knowing whose I am so that I can know who I am is what got me back on the right track. And nobody, I I guess I can say you would never arrive where you're always 100% confident, but I'm, I'm really on that journey to, you know, always moving forward to being um, standing in my self-worth and also helping others to do the same. I like that. Well, partially, I partially relate, meaning that I'm pretty sure I probably started off with a high self-worth as well. And I think as young girls, we all do until we get kind of indoctrinated Uh into whatever we see on television, whatever we see on magazines, or whatever someone says to us that then makes us look at ourselves differently. So... I think super young, of course, you feel like you can do anything. And then for me personally, family-wise, like once they were saying, oh, you talk funny, your voice is so high-pitched, and then my self-confidence took a hit. And I was like, oh my God, something's wrong with my voice. And then you get compliments like, oh, you're pretty for a dark-skinned girl. Oh my God, something's wrong with my skin. What's wrong with my skin? Then I become a teenager and acne comes and I'm like, now this is really what's wrong with my skin and no one else seems to be suffering from acne but me. How did I become the lucky one from all of this? And then of course, high school is all about boys and I'm like, well, I'm not really dating anybody. Nobody's asking me to go anywhere. No one's asking me for my phone number. So I must not be that cute. I'm guessing. (laughs) And it's like, we make all of these assumptions based off of what we assumed was supposed to, what was supposed to happen. And then for me recently going through 
a divorce as well, the part where you said that we really have to separate our value from our title, I think that's a really big part of all of that because it's like sometimes we're we're raised and we think that we've kind of achieved this big thing once we hit the title, once we've got the degree, once we've got this, and then if it's taken away, then it's like our value went with it. But like you said, no, we still, it's still there. It's still there. It's the title that went away, but everything that is still inside of us and within us is still there. So when you were talking about just self-reflection and who am I now or what things do I need to change? I definitely think that's a very key point in all of that. So my next question for you then is as you were doing that, what steps did you take to bounce back from your divorce to get back to who you were? One of the main I guess, tools I would say that I utilized in getting back to who I was was absolutely would be community. God placed very intentionally and strategically, I believe, a mentor in my life. At the time, I had no idea. She was actually my boss, but I had no idea until years later in hindsight that like he was actually like, basically she walked me through step by step because that's something that she had gone through. So she pretty much was like my lifeline through that season um, of my life. And then from there, just the things that she, she introduced me to professional development. And then from there, I really dug deep into my relationship with God so that I can begin to get those key foundations that I needed. And one of the other main ones that I use or that God introduced me to was renewing my mind, not doing things the same old way that I had always been doing it. You have to renew your mind. You have to speak positive. You know, you can't just say whatever comes out of your mouth and just consistently doing that. Like the way that we get to the destinations that we get to is repetition because as we repeatedly do the thing that is going to make us essentially, I guess, successful, then that's when we'll kind of arrive at that place, if that makes sense. Like repetitively saying your affirmations or being around positive people, you have to pay attention to your community and all those different things like that. So that's what I would say for that. The picture that I got in my head as you was describing it is like a rewiring per se. What you've told yourself before can no longer exist. And then you're saying that you use the affirmations to now give you like this new thought process. Exactly. It's because um, pretty much my method that I use in coaching, it, it resembles that of building a house. And basically I go based on how I went through the process and it's foundation. You have to have that foundation, knowing who you are and who you are. And then structure is all of the things that you said, like the mindset and seeing the picture. How do you want your house to look? Even whether you're building a house from scratch or whether you're renovating, you still have to have that blueprint to know what it is that you want this thing to look like. There may be some snags in the road as you're building that house, but eventually you're going to get on that path to to where you want to be. And then once the house is built and it looks the way you want it to look, then you have to stay in that lane of preserving that house because you can't build a house and expect it to continue to stay that way without any maintenance. If you clean your bathroom this week 
you can't expect four weeks later it's going to still be clean. You have to go back and you have to maintain it in order for you to stay in that place. So in order for us to remain that confident or that woman knowing her self-worth, we have to maintain that by doing the different things that are necessary to achieve that. I like that. I like that. The house analogy. So I wanted to kind of hone in on what you were saying about structure. Because I said, oh, so you said new or renovating. So how do I determine whether I need to do something new or whether I just need to renovate what I already have in place? I would say if you kind of already have the foundation or you even know of the foundation, you even if it's like a shaky foundation, and you know of that foundation, you can start from there. But if you if you don't have anything to go on, kind of like a woman who has no idea who she is, she's always been the girl who everyone has expected her to be. She, she's never known who she was. That person, I would say they would need to build from scratch. Come to this place of asking yourself these questions of really, who am I? Am I this girl who I've been all these years? That's it. That's done X, Y, and Z. Is that really me? Or was that the person who everybody expected me to be? So that's who I was. And then you may have this other person over here who, like we talked about in the beginning, having that confidence when we were younger, and then it kind of waned a little bit as we got older. This girl knows who she is. And at some point she had a concept of who she was, but after being indoctrinated with everybody else's views of life or what she was supposed to be, then at that point, she started to change and deteriorate from really who she was into who other people expected her to be. So for that person, I would say that she would be the one who's renovating and the one who absolutely didn't know who they were from the start. That would be the person that I would say would be starting from scratch. I could see that. It would almost be like the person who maybe started off strong but then kind of lost themselves in the relationship. Correct. Exactly. And then now they're going back to, all right, let let me let me pick up who I was. Let me pick up some 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 good habits. Let me kick out the old ones. Yes. I exactly. like that. That's a great analogy. Love it. All right. Your self-worth started off high. Then it took a tumble when you got the divorce. And then you basically did some work to get you back to where you were as far as having your high self-worth. I imagine that spilled over into other areas of your life. So how did that then affect how you kind of showed yourself to the world, either at work or with your friends or just kind of everywhere else that you've been to this day? It actually did spill over into all areas. It's been a progressive journey. I would say that it started first and foremost in my parenting I knew that me knowing my self-worth was something that I had to make sure that was instilled in my son. So that was like the first area where it spilled over to. I made sure that there were certain things that I instilled in him to make sure that he would also have that confidence or self-worth in himself and also in God. And then from there, it, it, it spilled over in my job because I wasn't as timid or afraid to go after things anymore because I knew that these things aren't defining me. I am who I am because of 
the hard work that I put into things and because of who God made me to be so I can stand strong and confident in those things. And most recently going through different programs and things like that, it has really helped in my relationships because it's allowed me to be able to set boundaries, whether friends or family or work to say, this is what I allow and I'm not going to allow anything outside of that. And I'm not going to allow anybody to deter me from that. It's okay if I say either I accept or don't accept something. I'm allowed to have preferences. And because I have preferences, it doesn't make me a bad person or anything or have less self-worth. I'm not going to say less self-worth. Sometimes when you have those boundaries or when you have those preferences, people have this uh, view of you that you're changing or who do you think you are type of deal. And it's not, it's like, I'm changing to be a better me, not to make someone else feel some type of way. Would you say that there is a difference? Because I know you speak on this as well. Would you say there's a difference between self-worth and self-confidence? Or do you feel that they're one and the same? I would say it is a difference. I would say that knowing your self-worth is really knowing your value. And self-confidence is being confident in that value in who you are. So that's what I would, that's what I would say for that. Okay. So this is kind of like a progression then. So we go from, we work on our self-worth first and then that self-worth would spill over into our self-confidence. Correct. Because as you become, as you know, um, and really come into knowing your value, it, it makes it, so much easier for you to stand up and show up and be who you really are, not having to shrink or be fit in that box of who other people, uh, of what other people have placed you in, but just showing up as your true 100% self and being confident in that, not worrying about, you know, this person doesn't want me to be like this, or this person doesn't want me to be like this, or the world says this, so I have to be like this, like be who you are. That's who God created you to be. There's a quote that I love and it says, in a world where you can be anything, be yourself. Yeah, I love that because there's only one you. Exactly. <laughs> we are all uniquely and authentically made. That is what I like to say, uniquely and authentically made because there's only one us. If we exactly. if we do something crazy, we're, they're going to find out from our little fingerprints because... We don't have another one. There's no one like us that's got the fingerprints either, our unique identifier. So I do like that. Just self-worth. Mm-hmm. We're one of a kind masterpieces. Yes, that's it. With high value because we're so one of a kind. Exactly. Like a Picasso or that million dollar diamond. That's who we are. Yes, exactly. I love that. And it's like, because you know that's who you are, and then that self-confidence can just go exactly through the roof and you hold your head high in every single room it is that you go exactly. to. Exactly. It's like um I have a niece and she's very she's a, she's about 5 and she's very very confident in herself and if you call her anything other than her name like don't call her sweetie, don't call her honey, you just call her her name. Like that's not my I'm not sweetie. <laughs> like so like that's how we have to be as as women walking in confidence and self-worth when somebody calls you something other than what you actually are which is priceless mm -mm, that's not who i am 
Like Tyler Perry has a saying that he said, I believe it was in a movie. And he said, it doesn't matter what people call you. It matters what you answer to. So don't answer to anything that isn't who you are. Yep. That's true. That's true. Because at the end of the day, I mean, we can only control our response to, that's it. Our response. That's all that we can do. I was listening to one of your podcast episodes and you did one about the misconceptions of self-confidence. So do you mind talking about even some of the misconceptions that we can have about that? One of my favorite uh, misconceptions that I that I like to talk about is the, the misconception that confidence is a either you have it or you don't thing. Some days I wake up and I'm super confident. There are other days when it's like, okay, like what's going on here? Like, how are we going to make it through this? So it's a progressive thing. Some days you'll be super confident and some days you you may not be as confident, but that doesn't change, you know, anything that doesn't change your work. That doesn't change the fact that you are a confident woman. You just, you just had a day where you weren't confident or a moment, but it's not like a blanket kind of statement, I guess, if you will, that because you had this one moment or this one day that you're not confident or you don't have worth because you made a mistake or whatever that changed your value. No, it didn't. You're still who you are. That's a good point too, because it's like some we, we go into this all or nothing concept about things and we're like, either we're, we're all in or we're all out, but then there's no in between, but there's a lot, there's a lot of in between, like I could feel that I look okay today because I'm tired, but then I could wake up tomorrow, be super energized and be like, girl, you looking cute today. Girl, you look lively. (laughs) You drank you some water. You are hydrated. So it's like, yeah, we have to remember that there can be some, there can be some ambiguity. There can be some some in between. So the question is, certainly we can have some ambiguity in our self-confidence. Would you say the same thing applies to our self-worth? No, I would say that your self-worth is your self-worth. When God created you, like he already determined our value before we were ever uh, placed on this earth. His word says that we were fearfully and wonderfully made. Whether we go through a divorce, whether we get held back in school, whatever the thing may be, whether you may have had a bad stretch in life or may have been um, not so good of a parent or not so good of a daughter at some point, whatever the thing that you did, nothing is too bad where God is going to just write you off and say, oh, because she did X, Y, and Z, her value is zero now. He doesn't see us the way we see us. He sees us as like he said, fearfully and wonderfully made. He loves us so much that he even knows the number of hairs on our head. That's love. Because as much as I love my son, he got a lot of hair. I don't know how much hair he got on his head. So like things that we, the the mistakes that we make um, in life isn't going to change our value or even us not being valued by others isn't going to change our value either. Our value is our value because that's what God said it was. That's that's it. He said it and that settles it. There you have it. He said it. That settles it. So your self-worth should always stay high. Your self-confidence, we can have some ambiguity in that, but the self-worth always, always, always 
maintains its value no matter what the circumstance is. So hopefully that encourages someone today because that's something to remember. That is something to remember. Like even gold, of course we know prices fluctuate and everything like that, but everything we buy, it's it it maintains its value. And I would say to anyone who may be struggling with that, with knowing what their self-worth is, go, I don't, I mean, I don't know, I'm Christian, um, but I don't know what other people's faith is. But for me, one of the ways that I did that was going and finding scriptures that related to what my value was and literally meditating on those, like reading those over and over and reciting those to yourself. So until you believe it, Mm -hmm. like, continuing to say something until you believe it. Sometimes you have this person who say certain stuff and you're like, nah, I know you don't believe that. But they've said it to themselves so many times that they believed it. And so as women, when we're dealing with those self-worth challenges where we don't think we're as valuable as God said we were, we have to go to the source. What, what does the word actually say about that? And continue to say that and repeat that over and over, that repetition and then it'll eventually stick. It's like I always talk about um, sometimes in my podcast about the memory foam mattress. When you go and you lay on that memory foam mattress, when you get up, it's gonna go back and retain it the its original form. But after you've laid on that memory foam mattress for so many times, eventually it's not gonna go back to that you know springy state or whatever. It's gonna have your imprint in it at some point. And that's the equivalent of repetitively reciting and meditating that word until it gets to a place where you believe what you're saying. Like that imprint in that memory foam mattress, you've laid in it so many times, it can't go back to its original, to the state it was when you bought it from the store. It's an imprint of who you are, what your body print is shaped like. That's good. So I imagine that as you are working yourself through your process. Of course, I know this is a process and it takes time and we're constantly working on ourselves, but do you kind of remember a time or the point in which you said, okay, I'm right back where I was? You mean back where I was, like my confidence level is to the place that it needs to be? Yes. Honestly, if I'm really being honest, I recently went through a program at the beginning of this year Mm -hmm. And on one of those calls we used to have, I actually came to the realization, like, because in going through all of this and in doing all of this work, I was so busy trying to maintain and do all of the work that I never celebrated anything that I accomplished. And I didn't even realize that I had arrived. Well, I'm not going to say arrived. I didn't even realize that I was had gotten back to, or actually maybe even a little bit higher than that place that I was before the divorce, because I was just so busy, always going and moving and doing and being mama and being all of these titles that I, that I never allow myself to celebrate and to realize you're here. Like, of course, you're always going to have work to do. You never want to stop growing, but that revelation, it was just like, and when that came, it was just like, wow. Like it was it hit me like 10 ton of brick. Do you journal? I I absolutely do. I am the journal queen. I love journals. Have you ever gone back through any of your journal entries to say, 
hmm, okay, I feel like I'm making I'm making some some progress here or what it would actually look like for you to say, all right, I've actually made it to a point that I want to make it at in this in this journey for me and my self-worth. I would say, yeah, like I periodically do go back through my journals. Uh, sometimes I see the progression in myself that, you know, that thing that I want to accomplish, that I wanted to accomplish has been accomplished. Sometimes I see that thing that God said, this is what I'm going to do. And I, you know, to see that like the the fruit of that, like it actually came to fruition. And actually recently I looked back into my journal. It was like a couple of weeks actually before my son's graduation and just being a single mom and doing all the things and trying to make sure that you raise a kid who's going to be a asset to the world and not a, what's the word? Liability. Liability. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, prior to him going to high school, it was like, okay, how are we going to now get through this stretch? And then to see, it was interesting that God showed me that journal about five days or so before he had graduated. And I had written that journal. It was like almost to the date that I found the journal. I actually found it on accident. I wasn't even looking for it. And just to see how we had progressed, not only myself, but him as well, how we had progressed to see how we were going to get through this journey of, you know, confidence and going to a new school and, and being in, in a different environment, essentially, because we had to shift miles away. And just to see how it all came to pass, it was just, I can't even put it into words. It was, it was amazing, like, just to see the fruit actually come to play, come to pass. Yeah, that's amazing. And I, I think that's why I um, have this affinity towards journaling or writing letters, like writing letters to myself, writing letters to my sister. And even in one of your episodes, I remember you wrote a letter to your past self about everything that you have learned up until present day. And to me, things like that are so important because sometimes we could be so busy trying to get to the goal that we don't even realize all the progress that we've even made along the way. And in some cases, I've looked through that journal and prophesied to my daggone self and said, oh, (laughs) he actually laid this all out for me. I completely forgot, but here we are, like you said, almost to the day and all the promises that was written at that point had been completely fulfilled. The next question that came to me was, do you think that self-worth, because we talked about value and and being of high value, does that correlate sometimes to even getting the promises that we feel like God has for us? If we don't feel that we're worthy, then how does one navigate that part of it? I think that's where the meditating of the word comes in to get to that place where his vision of us or our vision of ourselves lines up with his vision of us. And there'll be some times when it won't exactly match, but as you continue to go through the process, it'll, you know, you'll come up to that place. Cause like I said, confidence and self-worth or confidence is not a, 
you have it or you don't think. It's just a progressive thing. I don't think as long as we're living, we'll ever make it to the place where we're like every single day we're waking up and we're like, I'm just, you know, I'm here. I've arrived Mm -hmm. because there's always going to be work to do. But as we continue to meditate on his word and continue to speak what he said about us, then I believe eventually we will feel and see what he said about us and to us. The saying that I always say, speak what you seek until you see what you said. Like, just keep confessing. And I'm not saying confessions or affirmations is just this magic pill. Oh, voila, I'm going to keep saying it and it's going to happen. No, you have to do the work behind it. Whatever the the instruction that he gives, you have to be obedient and do it and, and, and walk it out. But as we do that, and, and walk in obedience and, and continue to confess and that going through that repetition, eventually, I believe we will see what we said. I like that line. Speak what you seek until you see what you, what you said. Yes. That's good. That is good. And you know what? I think I'm going to pause it right there so people can really meditate. <laughs> meditate because that's really powerful. Speak what you seek until you see what you said. And that's a lot of things. That's what we have to kind of continue to do day in and day out, like the the rewiring or even the example that you gave earlier about the house and the, the foundation and, and the structure, like how everything has to be in order. And it, it, it's like a, a progressive buildup. Exactly. So with that being said, because I think this has been a great discussion on self-worth and even self-confidence. Darnese, if there was something that you could say to your sister, she could be an older sister, she could be a younger sister, or hypothetically speaking, just our sister, sisters, whatever you want to call it. (laughs) What would you say to her about the importance of self-worth? I would tell her to never compromise her self-worth. So like I said in the the, uh, illustration in the beginning, the jeweler knows that the diamond is worth a million dollars and the person is asking him to, can I pay 500000 No, your value is at a million. Actually, ours is priceless, but your value is your value. Don't allow anybody to discount that. And also, I would say, don't allow anyone to make you feel bad for knowing your worth. It's okay to have prefer- preferences. It's okay to sometimes be different when, when you have those preferences and when you know your worth and other people don't, sometimes they look down on you or you you appear to be different because you aren't doing the same things that everybody else is doing. But because you have those preferences and you know what it is you want, don't allow people to knock you off your rock, if you will, because they don't necessarily understand it. Continue to walk in that. And eventually, I, I guess I'll say it won't bother you as much. And it won't even like you won't even be phased by it because at some point either that person will jump on the bandwagon or maybe you'll have to untie that person from your life not cut them off but just untie them from your life at that point that's good because too ain't nobody at rolls royce or bentley chasing after nobody <laughs> to buy their merchandise they have plenty of people flocking to them so never ever discount your value Oh, that was good. Darnese, thank you so much for stopping by to chat with me today. I so appreciate you for giving us some of your time and your wisdom today. Thank you, Takara, for having me. 
I absolutely love this conversation that I had with Darnice. And I feel like she was truly the best person to come and talk to us about self-worth and our value. And let me tell you why. So first and foremost, Darnice is a proud mom, but she is also the host of a Worthy Woman podcast and she is a confidence coach. So being that other people would consider that she had the picture perfect life and that she would have no reason not to be confident, all of that changed when her fairy tale ended in divorce and she became a single mom. So with her confidence being shattered and having to rediscover who she was outside of being a wife, that title that we talked about, she had to learn how to rebuild not only her shattered confidence, but also pick up the pieces of her life. And although the process wasn't easy for her, it not only made her faith foundation stronger along the way, her confidence was also rebuilt and she began to rediscover who she was. So now due to her experience, she teaches other women how to rebuild their confidence and discover or rediscover who they are. Darnice is passionate about facilitating transformation in women and teaching them that knowing who you are and having confidence is possible. So who better to come on and talk about self-worth and self-confidence than Darnice herself. So sis, I hope that you got some gems from our conversation today. Now, if you want to catch up with Darnice, you can find her on Instagram at I'm a worthy woman. And I will definitely make sure that I keep that in the show notes. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, sis, I don't know what you're waiting on. So please go ahead and click that subscribe button. If you want to follow me, then you can catch up with me also on Instagram at Takara underscore Renee, or you can shoot me an email at hello at lettertomysister.com. And I will also leave that with you in the show notes. But as I say, sis, I need you to know this. There is no one like you. There is no one out here that can do the things that you do. So show up, let your light shine bright, and never dim it for anyone. Until next time, bye.